Hallelujah. Well, I want to do this, and I want to do this. Well, it's my, and if I say, we can't do that, I go, it's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. Okay, whatever you want. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's amazing. When you come out of a family with um, seven children, and you marry an only child, it's not only amazing for me, but it's amazing for him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I'm excited about 2024. And and if you're not listening to the news, you should be excited about 2024 too. You should be hearing the good news. Because the the worldly news doesn't paint a picture of anything good. Amen. But our trust is not in this world. Our trust is in the King of Kings. Amen. We belong to a different kingdom. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray over the word this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we love you this morning, and I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing and continue to do in our lives personally and in our church. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Holy Spirit, we love you, and we thank you that you increase and stretch us for greater vision for what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, did, did you guys get that 2024 thing? Did you get a chance to put that up there? I want, I want us to say this together this morning. Can you see that? Let's go. 2024 will be a year of more and more and more. More finances, more healings, more miracles, more outpourings, more people coming to Jesus, More things happening because I am the God of increase. Amen? He is the God of increase. And every time you're thinking less, you need to speak this out loud and say, no, I'm not even, you need to attack your thoughts with the word of God. And I want to read a scripture that goes along with that. In Psalms 115, 12 through 16, it says this, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? Both small and great. May the Lord give you increase. And what are the next words? More and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth, the heaven, even the heavens of the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. And who are the children of men? Us. Amen. How many of you know it's God's will for us to, to pro, God's will to prosper us? It's God's will for us to expand and enlarge and increase and to walk in abundance. That's his will. And for every need that we have to be met, everything supplied. Amen. Every debt to be removed. Come on now. You know, even that debt you kind of settled with and said, oh, this is okay. This is kind of like the way it goes. How many of you know God wants to get rid of that debt, too? Not just the ones that you're having a hard time paying. Hallelujah. We can have homes by faith, paid for, paid in full. You you know, some of you need to start walking through your house and pray in the spirit and just thank God for being in a beautiful, debt-free home. You know, just start thanking him by faith. Because when you start doing that, you start getting vision for it. And the Holy Spirit starts to work with you. And he starts to show you how that can happen. Amen? And then it becomes a faith home because you know you couldn't do it, but you know you had to do it through God. Amen? God could do it. With long life, does he satisfy us and show us our our salvation? You know, it's time for you to be thinking long life, health for long life. You know, people get a certain age. I mean, I talk to people in their, like, late 50s, early 60s, and they think they're ready to go to the grave. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? It's like being a baby. It's like just getting started at that age. You kind of finally really realize what you, you know, <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Amen? So with long life, he gives us faith for long life, faith for prosperity, faith for our families. And one thing that I have learned is that faith can be developed. It can grow. It can enlarge. Amen? And so as we've been seeking God, we've been seeking God during the fast and praying uh, for, two, for 2024, not just 2024, but we always pray, you know, for the vision of the church, for you, for you guys, and, and for the direction that God has. And, and we wouldn't want to be in, we, want, we wouldn't want to be in any way to hinder 
what God wants to do. Amen? And it's not just about me and my family and our church, but it's about the world. But we've been seeking God, and, and we've been asking and seeking. And, you know, you read scriptures, and you pray, and there's all, you know, I, I could probably get, uh, get up here and speak about the vision that we've, we've, we've had. You know, we, we are, uh, you know, reaching the world for Jesus. We're a, friend, we're a family, building strong family, families. Amen? Well, you know, we could quote our, our vision over and over, but, but there's direction that God, God gives. And there's places, there's things that, that God makes adjustments. And even in, in your life, maybe you have a vision for a business or a debt-free house or, 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 uh, or I don't know, maybe you, you, you want to believe God for uh, your family or another car. Sometimes, you know, like uh, you can get worn down believing for your family to come into the kingdom of God, believing uh, for, for God to move in certain areas. God doesn't want you to uh, get worn down. He wants you to increase. Amen? He wants you to increase. So anyhow, um, I read this scripture, I'd heard it a few times, and I read it, and, and I could not get it out of my insides. You know when, when a scripture hits you, and you know it's for the church, and you know it's for you, it's, you know it's for what God wants to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about 2024. Because when I read this, and I, and I, I just I prayed, I said, if God, if this is not something. But it, you know when the anointing hits you when you're reading something. You know when, when, when you can't get it out of you, and God is speaking. And you're all sitting there going, all right, already, will you just share the scripture? <laughs> I want you to get hungry for it. Amen? But I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 54 through two through four. I, I feel the anointing so much on this. I hope I can get through the reading of it. It says, <clears throat> enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spear not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither be confounded and depressed, for you shall not be put to shame, for you, will, for you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not seriously remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. I'm telling you, God is saying to us, enlarge the place of your tent. Now, before I go on with that scripture, I want you to look at that word tent, because in order to enlarge the place of your tent, Let's say we say it like this, enlarge the place of your faith. Because to enlarge the place of our tent, whether it's corporately as a church or individually, it's, it's going to take us to enlarge the place of our faith. It's going to take us to enlarge the place of our faith. Faith is more important today than it ever has been before. I believe we're going to have to go, and we're going to talk about two things. This is part one, and I hope I can get through it in 10 minutes and get to part two. I believe, because, you know, this is the new year. This is vision. This is things that, we, that the Holy Spirit is saying. It's not necessarily a, a line upon line teaching like you get. Amen? But I believe we're going to go to another level of faith, and I believe that we must go to another level of faith in order to fulfill the vision that God has for us. But you know what? We had to build a church that at least walks by faith. Now it's time to go to the next level of faith. Many of you have come in in the last few years and you've caught that revelation of faith. You've heard the word of faith. You know how to receive the promises of God. You've been applying the word. You've been putting, putting it to work. And now it's time to go to the next level. It says, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. There's going to be a stretching going on. It says, do not spear. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand, say expand, to the right and to the left. This is our scripture for this year. Amen? And I, and I can tell you, I, I, I know it. I, I just, I've been, every single day, it's just, it's just in me. And, I, and, I, and I'm just praying, God, okay, so how do we do this? What areas do we step out in faith? There's just lots of things I'm talking to God about. Amen? We are, he, and, and honestly, when he's speaking here, he's giving a command. He's just not like, okay, if you guys feel like it, oh, it's a good idea to enlarge the place of your tent. Oh, it would be cool to grow a big church. That's not, what it's, that's not what it's about. 
We should want to grow because we're reaching the world for Christ. Amen? He's given us a command. We are to enlarge and get to the place where he wants us to be in our life of every area. Enlarge the place of your faith in your health. Enlarge the place of your, your faith in your prosperity, in your, in, in your finances, in believing for your family. It's time to go to another level of faith. Amen? We are going to put, you know, God is, you know, we, we, we read that, you know, I am the God of increase. God is the God of increase. He's not the God of decrease. Amen? And we are going to put in the increase. In the Hebrew, the, defin of the, word, the definition of the word enlarge means, the word enlarge in Hebrew, it means to expand. Now, I know you're thinking, and this is, this is casting vision for our church, but it's also think about, think about you. Some of you have so many kids, you could, you could use a new home. Come on now. The word enlarge in Hebrew means to expand, to widen, to go beyond, to make more room, to increase capacity, to increase a capacity, to increase capacity to receive from God, to go further, to occupy new territories with no limits or boundaries. All of that is, is the, the Hebrew definition of that word enlarge there. Amen? To expand, to widen. Let's, I want to read it in the, um, uh, in the, in the Message Bible to occupy new territories with no limits or boundaries. God wants you to take the limits off. He wants you to take the boundaries off. You know, we get, we get bound up and we get religious thoughts. And, well, I don't know if God wants me to believe for that. Or maybe I should just, you know, be happy in my, you know. You know, you can be content, but you can be believing God for a better place to live. For, a lot, for, for your business to succeed. You know, for better health, for your children, amen, to be serving God. Look at this in Isaiah 54, verses 2 through 4. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Get ready. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. That means think big every day. Don't wait until the last day of 2024 to start thinking big. Use plenty of rope. I'm thinking big. We're thinking big for this church. We're going to do some big things. And we're going to stretch. There's going to be a stretching going on. You're going to need lots of elbow room, verse 3, for your growing family. Isn't that what we want? If all of our families came in on one Sunday, there would not be room in this place. Amen? You're going to take over whole nations. You need, to start seeing, you, you, you need to start seeing your families hungry for God, and they're just not coming on Easter or Christmas, but they're saying, hey, can I go with you on Sundays? Can I show up on Sundays? Can I go and sit with you? On, I want to learn about God. Amen? You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. This is scripture that I'm reading. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. See, some people are afraid to believe God that they, because they're afraid they're, not, they're going to come up short. Come You'll forget about all the humiliations of your youth and, and the indignities of a widow will fade from memory. Clear lots of ground. Make your tents loud, large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. I mean, this sounds like a big God. Amen? You're going to need lots of elbow room. That's a good scripture there for families that are believing for, for bigger homes. Uh, they got so many kids, they need more space, or they want to do greater things for God, whatever. You're going, uh, it, it says here in the scripture, if we'll believe God, we, we can take over our nation. Wouldn't it be great? You know, I have these ladies that, I haven't seen them in a while. Maybe it's been cold out. But I have these ladies that walk up and down my street. You know, they do the early morning walk, you know. And I remember going out and talking to them one day. They were telling me how they loved our Christmas. Uh, you know, we put Christmas stuff out on the yard. And they especially liked the manger. And they were Christians. They said, oh, yeah, we walk the streets. And we pray. And we speak the word. There are people that are praying that you don't know are praying. Those people you might be seeing walking around your block, you don't know. They're probably claiming that block for the kingdom of God. And you moved there and you got saved. Who knows? Amen? 
don't be afraid. Don't hold back. So the Lord begins to speak to me through this, and God is saying, there's no limit to how far we can go this year, and there is no limit to where our faith can take us. We got to get on the boat of faith. And I know you've been hearing this, you that have been coming Sunday night, but it is stronger than ever before. Amen? Let me tell you a little bit about faith for you that don't come on Sunday nights. 40, 41 years ago, we had no assets, no house. We were living with my parents. We rented a house that our first house was furnished. It was the ugliest house and one of the oldest houses in the world that when it rained, it poured buckets in every room. No equipment for ministry, no place to even worship, and everything we did, we did by faith. And we were fought at every angle. We had pastors get up in their pulpits and say, do not go to that church because they preached the word of faith, which is whatever, whatever they said bad about it. And they would tell people not to show up at our church. But God told us to build a church by faith. We had no YouTube. We had no, we, we, we had nothing. We, we, we would get up in the middle of the night in ungodly hours because we would find out that we could get California in on our snowy TV and get TV in at 3 o'clock in the morning just so that we could get fed. Come on now. We had a few cassette, good cassette tapes, and we had books from, from bookstores. Amen? But we saw the importance of getting the word of faith out, and that is why we had a bookstore. And honestly, uh, we, we knew we were to build the work, the work by faith. It was what God spoke to us. And, uh, and, and you, you go with the faith that you have. And both of us were working two jobs. Pastor Ed never probably picked up a paintbrush in his life. I don't know. But he was working with my uncles who were so heathen. And they would pick him up. And he thought he was going to die before he got home because they drove like a Boston cab driver when they would, and they would drive all the way up to Salem or somewhere to paint a house. And they were all smoking. <laughs> Which, we're not against smoking, but it was hard on him. He grew up, you got to understand the environment he grew up in. He grew up, he was a Christian all of his life. Well, he lived like a Christian until he received Jesus anyhow. <laughs> and, and so... Everything, honestly, I think even for a while, our, our faith was shipwrecked. Everything came against our faith, you know? Um, we had, you know, whatever we tried to do, it just seemed like, it, it just seemed like the enemy did not want us to teach that. And people were coming against everything that we taught. But God would connect us over and over with men and women of faith. It just would never die. It would never, we'd be like, well, maybe we shouldn't preach so much. Maybe we should do that. You know, we're young pastors. We're trying to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? We're, 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 we're working at believing God. And, and, but honestly, everybody, I go in prayer. And you, I know you don't know who Ed Dufresne is because he's gone on to be with the Lord. But I go in prayer in this dark, dreary house that's battleship gray on the inside. Serious. It was just... And I go in this dark, we're praying, and, and God says to me, you need to call Ed Dufresne and have him come back here. The Holy Spirit said that to me. And I said, I was like, I, I didn't say nothing, but I came out and I told Pastor Ed, and he goes, he's not going to come back here. <laughs> I mean, because he was like, he, 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 was, he was such an anointed man of God, and he knew how to pull down strongholds. Well, anyhow, I said, well, I'm calling him. You, you, you know, this isn't the day of text or emails. And I call him, and I get to talk to his pilot, and he goes, Ed's been praying for an open door into New England. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, and anyhow, Ed Dufresne came back here, and then we got connected with Pastor Tom and Maureen. We got connected with Mark Hankins, and all the while, we, we were going to the Believers Convention year after year. We would take our kids out west because that's where Ed's parents lived at the time, and we would go sit under that word of faith, Jerry and Jesse and, and Kenneth and, and Kenneth. Honestly, we were, people would say, don't mention those names in the pulpit, Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hank. These are men of great faith. They say, well, yeah, what? They say, well, 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 you know, they drive around in a, I don't know, maybe they Cadillac or whatever. They should give that to the poor. Do you know how much they give to the poor? 
Do you know how much they've given to Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham? You see all these great evangelists, but you don't know the money that it takes for them to take this gospel to the world and what they have sowed. These, these men of faith have sowed into those ministries. Amen. Many of you are sitting here have been healed, have been blessed, have seen your families come into the kingdom of God because you have worked faith. And for us to do what God has called us to do, we're going to have to get our faith level up. Amen? When vision comes, we need everyone's faith to go with us. And God has built this church, and many of you have caught that revelation of faith. And together, we're going to move some mountains here in New England. We're going to see our nation change. We're going to see our city change. We're going to see our streets change and our neighborhoods changed. Amen? Hallelujah. We may receive something that seems impossible from God, but all we need to do is we need to be ready to run with what God tells us to do and receive it by faith. Our faith has uh, the potential of unlimited growth, and we're, we're expecting that this year. Billy Graham, uh, uh, Billy Graham had this quote, and I love it, and, and uh, it was by an author named David Barron. Some of you might know him, but he said, um, God loves to communicate his absolute goodness to all. The only thing that limits him from imparting his goodness to anyone is that person's capacity to receive. It's time to open up. God wants to do good things for you. God wants to put you in the right job. God wants to uh, move you into the right place. God wants to do great and mighty things here at Living Word, and you are a part of that. You're here for a reason. It's not just about our stuff, but it's about his stuff. Amen? It's about his business, and we have an unlimited capacity for faith. Hallelujah. But it takes the development of our faith, and we're going to be talking more about this. Honestly, um, Faith is what pleases God. And everything, all it's all-encompassing. You can't even get saved without faith. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is our healer. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is our blesser. You, you gotta, that's faith. That's an action of faith. And we're going to continue to teach that on Sunday nights because I believe that this church is catching a spirit of faith. Amen? I feel it. I feel it so much on me every time I'm in prayer. I'm telling you something. You have to have that spirit. Caleb and Joshua had that spirit of faith where the others were afraid. They were not, af they were not afraid. And, and God said, you won't feel. You won't be embarrassed. And that's not just for us corporately, but that's for you. Some of you are afraid to step out in faith because you feel like, well, maybe it won't really happen. You're afraid to write down that, that car of your dreams or that home of your dreams or the business you want. You got, you got to start believing somewhere and start asking God. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. What things are you praying for? Sometimes we're just like, well, hey, whatever, you know. God is so good, and I love him, and I'm so glad I'm going to heaven. And I'm glad I'm going to heaven. Thank God. God knows how grateful I am. And to just to be in a place where I can serve him even is over the top. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit has always brought us back to the plan and and what will bring us into his will and the promises of God. And with your pastors, it's always been faith. It's always been getting our faith on target. I don't know how many times a year we write things down. We go in and we make adjustments and we do this. And okay, we got to put this down. We start believing God for it. But we have got to get aggressive when uh, with our faith. Amen. We cannot be sitting around. Honestly, when we moved over this on this side of town, that was aggressive faith. But I could feel fear every step of the way. But we just stepped out, and look what God did. Look what God did. I was waiting for somebody, any of you, or our pastors, or somebody to say, I don't know, you're quadrupling your budget. I think you better slow down a little bit. I was just waiting for somebody to say, I don't think that's, no, everybody was just mum, you know? And we just said, let's do it. Let's do it. And look what God has done. Amen? Amen? If we're not increasing in our faith, then we're not doing it right. We can't live on yesterday's faith. we got to have a current faith. What is your current faith on? Amen? 
faith for prosperity, faith for healing. The stronger your faith is, the easier it's going to be to receive from God. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's one area. And, and honestly, you know, people think it's just about material possessions, but really, my first faith project, and I've said this over and over, it wasn't even a project. I, I didn't know Pastor Ed. I just heard an evangelist quote Matthew 18, 19, and he said, if two of you shall agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. And I heard him to say, if you ask anything according to his will, it shall be done for you. And I remember walking out that church that, that night, and I said to that evangelist, I said, I need my mom to get saved. She's got to come to this meeting. And they had one more night in the meeting, and we claimed those scriptures, and we believed God that she would come. And now my mother forbid me to even ask her anything or talk about it anymore because she thought I was crazy but I my best friend's husband happened to go by the house because he would take the kids out they were all little then all my sisters and brothers and he and my mother loved him and he said hey Doris why don't you just come to church tonight it's and whatever he said to her she came that night and she got saved and my sister got saved that's what faith will do but we pray do you know what that did to my faith right back from the beginning God shows me everything was prayer and believing God prayer and believing God amen without faith it's impossible to please God so we're going to increase our level of faith all right because we're going to expand we're going to reach our city. We're going to reach many people. You see, one of the things that we're going to do, you know, well, let me get into this first before, before I get into that. Because there's going to be, it, it, you, how many of you like the faith message? Okay, let's see if you like this one. Okay. This is the second part. Hopefully I can get it done in eight minutes. If, if, if we run late and you're in the, and you're in the um, growth track, you have permission to step out into that. But God never intended for us to maintain. He never intended for us to decrease. His passion was that we grow and expand, just like I read in that scripture. And any church that's truly, that's truly raising up disciples and truly has a vision to reach the world will have kids and will bear fruit. And this is our passion. We want to see church growth. We want to see kids come in. We want, to see, we want to reach our young people and our children, and we want to reach Rockland and Weymouth and Brockton and all over New England. I mean, we want to reach the world, but God's got us here. He said, to, you know, in the book of Acts, it says to reach the, the certain cities and then the outermost parts of the world, right? So we got a responsibility. Look at this, what Jesus said about the church, Matthew 16, 13. He said, when Jesus came into the, it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Well, you, if you want to know who the biggest builder in the church is, it's Jesus. If you want to know who the greater, greatest lover of the church is, it's Jesus. Some people think, you know, that he's just retired up in heaven. He's already did everything, you know, and he's just letting us do whatever, whatever we do. But, no, he is actively involved and engaged in the building of his church. He stands and he intercedes for us. He cares very deeply and intimately about every plan, about everything that we desire. Amen? That everything we desire to do for him. As a matter of fact, this is not our church, but this is his church. Amen? So Jesus definitely didn't have the attitude of, you're going to de decrease. Uh, and, 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 and oh, yeah, and by the way, that's going to bring me glory. That's not Jesus' attitude. His attitude is we're going we're gonna to increase and in that the gates of hell are not going to succeed. 
But if you listen to the world, everybody's saying, this is what's happening, all oh, the, the devil's succeeding, the gates of hell. No, no, we need to put our faith on this nation. We need, we need to continue to pray, amen? I, I remember once, and, and I've never done this, but I remember once hearing uh, Cindy Jacobs uh, talk about, uh, you know, um, she went to prayer, and I mean, she ended up like, she, she had the whole map of the world, and she just was laying across the map, and, and the Holy Spirit moved upon her, and, and she just wept and wept and wept over the world because God is, God, Jesus died for the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. Amen? And so uh, I was talking to uh, my doctor this week, and she's a Christian and goes to a very missionary-minded church and, you know, involved in the transcribing of, of the Bible and, and transcribing of, of um, their languages so that they could understand the gospel and preach the gospel. And she was explaining all of these intricate details. You know, she was in the Ivory Coast. And, and she said, and we were talking about, you know, this, this, the, the owner of the practice is a doctor, and she's a doctor. But the owner even said to me when I saw him a while back, he said, "There's revival. People are getting saved. Uh, the tribes and the nations are getting less and less." Jesus said he was going to come when the gospel was preached to the whole world, and she said it is now documented that there is less than three thousand uh, tribes or nations or whatever you call them that have not really heard the gospel yet less than 3,000, where there's been like thousands and hundreds of thousands. There's so many nations, and she was, she was going on and on. I was, like, I was like, man, I need to take notes. This was so, it was so good. It just gave you such a passion for souls, amen? And, uh, and so, you know, people that, that never heard language, like they had to find somebody that, there are people that speak languages that peop, other people never even, they had to find out the languages, amen? So anyhow, God's, the gospel is being preached to all the world, and time is getting short. Amen? 3,000 might sound a lot, but it's not a lot compared to what it used to be. Amen? And so God's heart is not for us to de decrease, but to increase. And his plan is that the gospel in his church would spread throughout the world. You know, I, I, there's people that say... Uh, there's problems with churches growing and expanding. I disagree with that. When people criticize churches and they, they, they say they only care about growth, um, we do care about growth because we care about souls. And we care about cities. And we care about nations. And you should care about that too as well. Amen? We train up dis disciples and advance the kingdom of God. But this, this statistic was given three years ago. I don't know what it is now. But they said that, that there's between six and 10,000 churches closing every year. A lot of these churches have compromised the gospel, have tried to reach everybody. There's just a lot of statistics about, there's, like, there's a certain threat about a lot of these churches uh, closing up. But, but that's alarming, isn't it? We, we, listen, we have the greatest work that, that uh, we have the most important work in the world. Hallelujah. But there's two things that I believe that we must commit to in order to build the kind of church that impacts the world and to expand. Amen? We're, and to enlarge our tents. Number one is faith, and I just talked to you about that. And number two is sacrifice. If we're going to be a church that expands our territory... That, 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 that makes room. If we're going to be a church that makes an impact, we're going to have to be a sacrificial church. The idea that Christianity comes with no sacrifice is non-biblical. There's sacrifice that takes place. Sometimes we just want to be, oh, yeah, this is cool, and we believe in God. And, but there's a sacrifice that takes place to build God's kingdom. And Jesus cared about the church. How much more should we care about the church? And in order for us to see what we all desire, there must be sacrifice. I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to think about our military, the most powerful military in the world. And, and they are not in the military without sacrifice. I remember seeing there was a, a dad that, that he had a little boy, and, and the only way he saw this little boy, he's about, until he was five years old, was through FaceTime. For, he was in Afghanistan for about four years, five years. I can't remember how long. 
but he was sacrificing. You know, a lot of us, we want to do everything for our kids, and that's important, and we should be building up our kids, and they should be uh, one of the most, next to God, they should be very, very important. Amen? But a lot of times, we use even, even our most precious commodity to step away from the sacrifice of the things that God has called us to do. And that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. This little boy would just FaceTime his dad, and then one day his dad showed up at his school, but he knew who his dad was, and he tapped him on the shoulder. And if you saw, the, the little boy just cried and cried and cried and hugged his dad's neck, and, 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 and you just see the sacrifice that people are making. Amen? And I've talked, I've talked to a lot of uh, uh, people that, that it's just like church is just, okay, it's great. Listen, this church was built on sacrifice. And it's easy to just roll in the parking lot and walk in and just think, yeah, that just happens. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Right now, while we're sitting here in service, there are people volunteering to take care of our nursery, to take care of our two and three years old. Sometimes we have the men out in the parking lot freezing and, 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 and just directing traffic. I mean, sometimes we don't realize what is going on. We have people that'll show up to make sure you have toilet paper in the restrooms when you get here at 6 a.m. in the morning. We have our, our worship team that comes every week to practice. We have our media team. Everybody works behind the scenes. How many of you like having the cafe? It takes work. They come here, they, 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 they prepare, amen, and things like that. But people are, 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 are working and, and because they love God's house, amen, because they know the importance of bringing. We have Friday night youth that... A lot of you come out and work and make that happen. It's not for naught. There's sacrifice. And everybody, you know, many hands make little work, you know. And, and I talked to you about the sacrifice that, that, that Pastor Ed and I, and I made. And even, even uh, when, when Pastor Mike and Laurie came in, they weren't married at that time. But when they did come in and they had the heart to serve God, you know, he, he didn't build a business because oh, I'm going to build this awesome business. Now, God gives an anointing for businesses. But he was just trying to find a way he could serve God, him and Pastor Laurie. And God gave him that way. So, and, 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 and we've made many, many sacrifices along the way. Everybody has, has sacrifices. We were in churches where we had to get there early and, and, and set up and pull down. Uh, you know, there was a couple of different churches and, uh, in Brockton that we, you know, people have to get up early, set up, you know. Remember those days? I mean, it, it was just, you know, people, people sacrifice. And, and we're here today, and you're here today because of it, because of the sacrifices of people in the, in the past, the sacrifice of people giving their tithe and, in, and their offerings. You know, like, I give my tithe because I'm convicted of it, because it's the Holy Spirit, because I believe the Word of God. I, I totally, it's, it's just like my 10% right off the top, I don't touch it until I give to God first. Amen? I honor God with that. But you know what? Like, there, then there's the offerings and the legacy fund. People, people of their, their, their hard work and sweat, they're sacrificing to give. Amen? There's, there's the tithers, and then there's those that go over and above. There's a, and you know, I've seen people. I remember one time uh, this uh, lady was coming to our church, and, and I guess I can share her name now, but her name was Winnie. And, uh, and, and we were in such, Pastor Red, we didn't, I, I didn't even know how we were going to, I don't know how we were existing. And, uh, and we had taxes to pay, and we had, and we didn't know what we were doing. And you know what? God moved on this lady. I don't know if she got blessed or whatever, but she didn't know anything. And she walked up, and this was a lot of money back then. She put a check for $5,000 into our hand. You would have thought heaven fell. I just wanted to cry. And, and, and my, my reaction was, no, Winnie, you need this. Like, I didn't want to take it from an 80-year-old woman or 70. I don't know how old she was back then. Who knows? Maybe she was my age. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs> but it was like, it was like, I did not want to. I was like, 
it, but God, look at the widow with the two mites. And Jesus paid attention. Jesus could have walked over and said, no, 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 don't. You, you need to keep that for you. You need to take care of you. No, no, because he saw the blessing in her giving. He saw the blessing in her sacrifice. You know, and so uh, when, when, you know, I want to say this because when people tell you you're doing too much for God or too much for the church, they don't have God's heart in mind. If the unction is on you, just do it. Just do it. I used to have people tell me all the time, even family members, because we were, if church is everything to us. Not just because we're pastors, even when we weren't pastors. We were at every service. We were looking to get involved. I, I remember running the building banquet for our church in Fresno, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I was just this heathen, not even saved a year, and they got me in there running the whole building banquet. You know, I'm calling, getting prizes, I'm doing this. I'm, and I'm like, you know, it, it was so exciting and doing, and doing other things. But we're so like... You know, where's the sacrificial spirit? If the, if the military have it, why wouldn't we have it for the kingdom of God? Why wouldn't we fight for the church like, like, like Jesus fight, fought for the church, amen? Like Jesus talked about. Why wouldn't we fight for the church like the military fight for our country? But it's like, you know, um, we need to com quit complaining about how much we're doing because Jesus is hearing that. Because you, you might as well quit if you're going to complain. I'm saying either the, either the grace is on you or it's not. But to walk up to somebody, maybe you're doing a little bit too much. Or keep your mouth shut. I'm going to fight for God's church, and you may not like what you're going to hear this year, but we're not going to compromise. And this church is going to go to a next level of faith, and we're going to expand, and we're going to need plenty of room because people are going to come out of the woodwork to come and hear the gospel here at Living Word. And we're going to need everybody's hands on. Jesus said, whatever you do, do it with all your might, not with all your complaining. My, my family used to say things, well, you know, you're always at church. You're always doing this. You're always, what about your family? I love my family, and I, and I, I honored them and did what, what, what I, 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 I didn't ignore them. But I was not going. This was my priority. We have a job to do. Amen? Hallelujah. This year is going to be a year of stretching and expanding. You're either on board or you're not because it's going to require sacrifice. And I'll tell you what, it's going to start. It's starting now, but Easter is coming up, and we have decided we are going to expand, and we are going to have three services. We're going to have a 5 o'clock. Listen to me. We're going to have a 5 o'clock Saturday night. We're going to do something like we did last year. Pastor Mike is working with the drama team and, and creating a whole Easter experience. We're going to have Friday night at 5 o'clock. We're going to, I mean, Saturday night at 5 o'clock. Jojo was thinking, Friday night? We got youth. No. Saturday night at 5 o'clock. Sunday morning at 9.30. Sunday morning at 11.30. We're going to have three services. This Christmas event, we were having standing room only at the last one. So we're going to blow this out of the water. Now, I know that some of you were just thinking, oh, I think I'll come to the 5 o'clock Saturday service so I don't have to be there on Sunday. That's not sacrifice. We need you. We're going to need help in every single area. We're going to don't leave it on just a few. But let's get on board and let's help in every area. Amen? We're believing for 100 kids. You know what's going to happen if 100 kids show up? Michelle can't do it by herself. We need 20 workers in there. We need 20 nursery workers. We need people that will sacrifice. Amen? When you stretch, God stretches you. And when you stretch, he'll stretch your capacity. It's so weird when people start to back off because of what somebody, because of what somebody says to them. Because the minute you start doing what they say, you start losing vision and you start losing heart for really what God wants. 
And you know what? We don't always do everything we like. You know, we don't always, you know, maybe we have to sweep the floor or vacuum or, or do things. Pastor Ed, we're always doing things. We don't like, oh, I have to do that. Let's call Pastor Mike and Laurie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they'll do it. They'll do anything, you know. Let's call JoJo. Let's call somebody else, you know. And uh, sometimes it just, it, it, it can get like that. You know what I'm saying? We just keep going. Amen? Amen. And, and, and honestly, I just want to say this because I, I feel like you, a lot of families feel like, well, it's my kids or church. No, it's together. If you bring your kids up in church, you're going to have them on the platform leading worship. You're going to have them in the media. They're going to be running the children's ministry. Listen, we used to go out in 20 below uh, degrees weather freezing and had no sitters, no nursery, nobody to pay, nobody to take care of our kids. And, 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 and Laurie and I and, and, and uh, I believe Olivia and Maria were there somehow, maybe with her mom, somebody, and, 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 the, um, and the Gonzales. We just wrapped those kids up, and there we are, in the cold weather, walking, knocking, knocking everybody's doors, you know? We, we just had our kids working when they were babies. Amen? We, they didn't even consider not being in church. We would shock them if we said we weren't going. I'm almost done. I know you like faith. But there's a sacrifice that's going to have to take place as well. Amen? Sacrifice is absolutely essential. If you're not willing to sacrifice, we're not going to be able to expand and fill the command that God says, enlarge the place. Expand the place of your territory. Amen? Oh, last scripture. Well, I had two more. We'll see if I get to the next one. Luke 14, 25 through 28. Let me say this. Let me just read this. This says it all. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. In other words, Jesus saying, I'm first. I'm first. I'm ahead of your husband. I'm ahead of your mother. I'm ahead. I'm, that's when you truly honor God. And then he goes on in verse 27, it says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? So the question is, will it cost you to be part of a church that's moving and expanding? Yes, it will. It will. And should it cost you? Yes. It should. There should be a sacrifice on it. I just think too many times people get, uh, that destroys churches. People start getting, well, I don't think I'll go today. Well, I, oh, they don't need me greeting. I, I just, you know, it's just church. God loves the world. We can have church in our house. How many people have you gotten saved in your home? And then Jesus said this, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly, truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to his harvest. Even Wednesday night, when our prayer team comes out every Wednesday night, we know that Laurie's taking care of that. We know that they're praying. You know, people, oh, it's just prayer. I don't, I don't know, prayer. They don't, they're just prayer. I don't even know what's going on. Well, maybe you need to get out here and get under the spirit of that. Amen? It's just like, let me just do the least that I can do and reap all the benefits that God has. Come on. You're quiet now. I know I'm stepping on some toes. We ought to be running with the vision. We ought to be running with passion. You know, God has given you pastors, and not just Pastor Ed and I, but even Pastor Mike and Laurie and Pastor Laurie and, 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 and just some of our new ministers that have been, been licensed. We have a heart to reach this world. Get on board with us. 
Run with the vision. God has a plan for you. You're here for a reason. You have gifts that have not even been touched yet. You know I'm telling you the truth. Everybody that knows that I'm speaking the truth about making this sacrifice and going to a next level of faith, you need to stand up right now. You know when I'm, oh boy. <laughs> this was funny. Maybe it was your knees. Some of you went. <laughs> Some of you went like this. But there are a few that went like that. Let's get ready. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about things we're going to be. Listen, this year, let's get a vision that... Honestly, we have to go to three services. We'll have to go to a permanent Saturday night and Sunday morning. I mean, if you can't get excited about that, if something in you is like, oh, oh my God, what am I going to do? Then something's wrong with that. You need to get before the face of God. Amen? I mean, I mean, revival breaks out. We, need it. we might have to go every night. I mean, I mean, you, you, we have to be open. We have to get on. We, we have to expand our capacity. And, and the Bible says in that scripture, we're going to have to stretch. Amen? It's stretching time in the kingdom of God. Listen, this world is going to pass away, and I don't care what you think is more important, even your little nap, than the kingdom of God. Nothing is more important than what we do. And God is never going to forget, he says it, your work and your labor of love. Are you ready to run? Where's my worship team? Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you. I thank you for that we are going to expand and we're going to stretch our faith. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for hundreds and thousands coming into the kingdom of God this year. I thank you for great breakthrough. I thank you people are going to come in so on fire and hungry for the things of God. I see them, Father. I know that you gave us this word to, to expand our place. And Father, I pray right now for every person in this place, Lord, that you'll draw them closer to you. Draw them into your purpose, Father, and in your plan in Jesus' name. And if you you're here this morning, and maybe you, you, this is your first time here. You never heard of anything like this. Listen, I just came to church one time, and, and I knew that God was real, heaven was real, and hell was a place to stay out of, and the only way to stay out was to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, Jesus died on the cross for your sins to make a way for you to come back into fellowship with him, back reconciled back to him. He forgave you of everything you've ever done wrong, and then he washed it away with his blood. But you'll never, you'll never have that unless you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, the Bible says that you shall be saved. We're going to say this prayer this morning, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me if you've never said this prayer before. We can all say it together so nobody feels uncomfortable. Ask Jesus into your heart this morning. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to the cross to die for my sins. Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord I thank you. I'm forgiven of all my sins. I'm born again, and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.